This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, August 16th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Steve Hellwagon. A lot to get into, Steve. Let's start with the quarterbacks. The Buckeyes had really their first full scrimmage on Saturday. I mean, they've, they've had some scrimmage sessions in practice, I'm told, but Saturday they went full out. They had a scrimmage and they took yesterday off. I am hearing C.J. Stroud perform very well, and if he hasn't locked up the job, he's really close having locked up the job but I'm also hearing Kyle McCord's playing really well and so that tells you how well CJ Stroud's playing what are you hearing are you hearing the same that Stroud's the guy McCord's likely the number two and just uh, your thoughts on what you're hearing on those two yes uh, very similar things from the the people that uh, we've had a chance to talk to and uh, obviously coach Day will speak today although I don't expect him to announce a starter at quarterback still a little bit early uh, for that uh, to come and, and more practices uh, for them to, to go through here this week, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, before they really dig down and formulate it too deep. But I'd say by the end of the week, uh, the guys who are going to be expected to play will be getting the most reps with the first team and that's how it'll shake out. But yeah, I think it sounds like CJ Stroud right now has really taken that job uh you know, by the throat and it's, it's his job to lose. It sounds like what I've seen. And again, we've only been able to watch a little bit of practice and really no 11 on 11 stuff that I can recall. But what I see when I watch him throw is an accuracy and a drive to the football, I guess that, that maybe the other guys just, just aren't showing uh, quite as much. And, you know, whether that manifests, manifests itself when they're in 11 on 11 situations, I don't know. But uh, he also brings the component that he can run the football. He's not as big and durable as Justin Fields was or, or as broad, I guess. I don't know. He, he doesn't look the same. Let's just say that as Justin Fields. But I think he can be effective nonetheless. And it seems to me like he's the guy. Comacord, it does seem like, would be number two at this point, and Jack Miller number three. But how close they all are, one to three, again, that would be up to the coaches to decide. And I do feel that there are roles for each of them within uh, what they're trying to do this season. So uh, I think you'll see all three of them play throughout the season. And, uh, you know, again, is Stroud going to take every important snap all season long? Impossible to predict that. It's a very long season, 12 games plus the postseason. So you do need uh, several quarterbacks to get through a season like that. 
and uh, we'll see how it shakes out here in the weeks ahead. But I think as of right now, Stroud is that guy. And you hit on it. I think they will need both guys. We all can like reference 20, 2014. Maybe they'll need three guys. But seriously, I do think they're going to need two guys this year. Um, you know, whether somebody's underperforming, but more likely in case CJ Stroud gets banged up. Hopefully, if he does get banged up, it's nothing serious. I think they're going to need Kyle McCord to play meaningful snaps this year. He's going to play. Uh, he's going to play garbage snaps regardless. Um, but I think he's going to play meaningful snaps at some point this year. I don't know when or how. I just think it's going to happen that they'll need both those guys. I don't think they'll need three. Speaking of needing three, now most of the show we're going to talk about guys that have actually been practicing, but we're going to take a little uh, little detour here. Quinn Ewers has arrived. He arrived over the weekend. My question for you, this is one I've been asked a lot. I'll give my take after you give yours. Is there any chance, aside from injuries to both C.J. Stroud and Kyle McCord, is there any chance Quinn Ewers sees meaningful playing time this year, not just during garbage time in the fourth quarter? Is there any chance Quinn Ewers, without injuries to the guys ahead of him, sees meaningful playing time this year, Steve? I will qualify my answer by saying in the first six games, no. In the last six games, possibly. Because, again, it's impossible to predict what could happen. I just think it's going to take him a few weeks to get acclimated in the offense. The other guys all went through spring football. Stroud and Miller were actually there a year prior to that. So they have so such a head start on understanding where the football goes on every play. Quinn Ewers is just beginning that process, even though I'm sure Corey Dennis and Kevin Wilson probably had him on Zoom calls uh, where they were diagramming things and, and working with him on this is how it'll look and these kind of things. But this was almost a spur of the moment type thing. It seemed like when he got the ruling uh, from the Texas athletic commission that he was not going to be able to do name image and likeness as a high school player down there, it seemed like the light bulb went off in his mind that, Hey, I got to get to college. So and, and he had these deals already structured and is already monetizing. So, you know, good for him in that regard. But in terms of football, I think you have to tap the brakes just a little bit and understand that this is not Sandlot football where a kid rides up on his bicycle and you, you, you re, reconnoiter the teams and say, okay, I'll go over here and, and I'll play all-time offense and I'll be all-time quarterback and and now you guys play against each other. It doesn't work like that. It's <laughs> it's it's a process and it is a very involved process. He's got to get in shape. He's got to get in football shape. Uh, he's got to get in Ohio State football shape. So I would think he's going to spend some time with the boys down in the Mickey Marotti department to get that going. And uh, slowly but surely, you'll see number three out there on the practice field eventually. And, you know, how much they allow him to bite off, how soon, that remains to be seen. But uh, I don't think, honestly, don't believe it from what it sounds like he or his parents really care uh, whether he plays this year or not on the field because they got their goal, which was monetizing the name, image, and likeness. And he's able to grow and develop for a year, which he would have done as a high school player anyway. So whether he plays it all this year or not, seems like it'd be just extra gravy for them if uh, that's how it comes through. So, uh, I mean, he's probably approaching, hey, I want to go in and steal this job by midseason, but he's got a lot of work to do if he thinks he's going to do that. It also gets him one year closer to the NFL. If he ends up being, you know, lives up to the hype and he is – all that and a bag of chips. Uh, now he has to wait one year less uh, to put his name in the NFL draft. 
It's going to be fascinating to see how it turns out. Yeah, I'm on record. I don't think he's going to play meaningful snaps this year, unless the caveat for me would be unless there's injuries to both C.J. Stroud and Kyle McCord. I do think he could – and right now I think Jack Miller would be ahead of him. Um, but I think, by you know, he could give Jack Miller a run for his money, but probably not right now. Probably not right now for all the reasons you listed. So we'll see what happens. It makes things interesting, but uh, very crowded room there. A lot of cooks in the kitchen. All right, I'm also hearing – Moving away from the quarterbacks here, man, I am hearing great things about Travion Henderson. They had kind of a scrimmage on Wednesday. Like I said, some of their practices, not not while we're while we're out there, of course, but that's why I had to have a source tell me about this. But when they had a pretty lengthy scrimmage at the end of practice on Wednesday, Travion Henderson was just tearing it up. So that's great news there. We've also been hearing good things about Mayan Williams, but it sounds like Travion Henderson, if he's not a starter this year, is going to play a lot. I know that's probably not a surprise to anybody, but he's been living up to the hype, Steve. Yes, we had a chance to talk to some of the defensive players uh, last week, and uh, they said that he's done an outstanding job as a true freshman coming in. He was obviously there in the spring. Didn't play football last year. His high school didn't have football because of COVID and the pandemic, but he has shaken off that rust. And you think about it, J.K. Dobbins, you know, his high school senior season didn't get to play because of injury. I think he was injured on his first carry or whatever early in his first game and, and missed it and didn't miss a beat coming in as a freshman at Ohio state at over, I believe over a thousand yards as a freshman. So I think that, uh, you know, that's a lot to predict out of Travion Henderson. I think that uh, they are going to play at least three guys at the running back position. I think master Tig, Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson for sure are going to play. And then we'll see if uh, Marcus Crowley and Evan Pryor, who are also uh, appear to me to be in outstanding shape as well. Uh, I would have liked to have seen the scrimmage just to see how the reps were doled out and the carries were doled out between those five running backs, because they've got some difficult decisions on their hands on who they play and what situations and, and these kind of things. But I think master Teague is the starter. I think Mayan Williams can be a changeup back. And then I think when you really want to hit him with the good stuff, you put Travion Henderson in there and let him, you know, now that you've softened up the defense a little bit, get a couple quick hitters going with him and watch him roll. So to me, that seems like the recipe for success. And I, I don't know that you're going to see Travion Henderson start the first game at Minnesota. Maybe he starts a game eventually this season. It just seems to me that you let the veterans do the heavy lifting in the big games and then let the rookie come in and, and kind of clean up after that. So that seems kind of like a tried and true formula that you don't put too much on a freshman's plate too early. But if there's one who seems like he's able to handle it, looks like Travion Henderson to me. So I'm going to be interested once the season starts to see what kind of a role they carve out for him. It's going to be like looking at Robert Smith when he was a true freshman. Seeing a true freshman wearing the number 32 playing running back for the Buckeyes. I love it. Crazy. I love it. Um, all right, let's look at linebacker. I've been concerned about linebacker, but I'm hearing good things about a couple guys in particular. I heard Cody Simon had a great scrimmage on Saturday. I heard I hear he is he's a guy. I shouldn't say he's a guy because sometimes if you say someone is a jag, just a guy, that's not a good thing. He's not. He's a dude. <laughs> he's the man I'm hearing about uh, Cody Simon. So it sounds like in his second year, he's really breaking out. He might be a starter. I'm also hearing Taraja Mitchell as a fourth year guy is doing everything that they want. He's a leader. His body's in great shape. He's playing well. So I'm hearing really good things about. Cody Simon and Taraja Mitchell. So, Steve, I'm feeling better about linebacker all of a sudden. Well, you should, Dave. I think uh, I agree. Those are those are two guys that I've heard uh, quite a bit about. 
Uh, Cody Simon just seems like he's out of central casting as a middle linebacker at Ohio State. Looks like he was carved out of a block of granite. He's a sophomore, and he is kind of like clay that you could just mold, and I think that's what Al Washington is doing right now is molding him in the image of what he wants, and he seems like he is 100% on board with the plan. Dallas Gantt, is somewhat of a mystery. You thought it was going to be his spot, but seems like he must have missed some time in the first two weeks, and they're still bringing him along slowly coming back from injury. So I think there was a lot of hope that he would be a guy that would uh, get in there and do some things this year, and that still may, may happen. Last year they needed four linebackers to get through the season, and you'll probably need that many again this year, if not more. I'm interested to see how it all shakes out. Uh, again, we don't get to watch 11 on 11, so I can't tell you who's been uh, most effective against the run or, or these kind of things. I, I wish I could tell you. To me, that's the more important than who's playing. Ohio State for the last 20 years has been dominant run defense, and probably even a few years before that, dominant run defense. Very rarely would you see Ohio State give up 200 yards rushing in a game and very rarely do they allow an opposing running back to get 100 yards. And that's the important thing to me, Dave, is that, that you don't drop those standards in terms of run defense uh, with the linebackers and the front four. So uh, whether it's, you know, whoever it may be, uh, that's the standard that I think you're looking to see. And as a sophomore, you know, I think you've got to be excited uh, again about what Cody Simon brings to the table. He uh, is is got the ability, it seems, to, to be a difference maker on defense. That was a great get by the Buckeyes, getting him out of Jersey City, New Jersey. Yeah, I think I have I have a high hopes for Cody Simon. He seems like one of those guys that's going to have a breakout year as a second year. Um, we'll see. He needs to prove it. We're getting the hype train rolling like we tend to do, but that's all right. Let's also get the hype train rolling on Josh Proctor. That's a name every Buckeye fan knows. Uh, played a little bit as a true freshman and played a little bit more as a sophomore, played a lot last year. Um, you know, and he's been up and down. I mean, the coaches will be the first one to say this, that he's ultra talented. And uh, we saw him drop interceptions in games last year. We've seen him maybe not be in the right spot. But they say when he puts it all together, he could be All-American. And um, hearing good things about Josh Proctor, it's another guy. I think uh, our buddy Pat Murphy reported that uh, – Josh Proctor is a dude, another guy that's being re- uh, referred to as a dude. So that's great news. They need Josh Proctor as a senior to be not just a talented guy that he always has been, but to be you know, that Jordan Fuller, as, as uh, Ryan Day said, Jordan Fuller was that eraser for the Buckeyes when he was that high safety. Proctor needs to be that focus on that more than making the big hit, just being more consistent. But I love what I'm hearing from my sources out of Josh Proctor. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a guy that in his second year is going to be much improved over what he showed last year, and he was pretty good last year. I think he led the team in tackles last season. So to my way of thinking, I think he's ready to really explode and have a a great season this year, and they really need that. They need a leader back there. Obviously, you've got seven banks at corner, uh, but you need that safety to take charge of the situation back there, and now Proctor's been through an eight-game season, and he understands what's going on. And so uh, I think you you really do look for him to, to be that guy, to be that quarterback of the secondary. And as you said, you know, go from making the plays that kind of fall in your lap to going to making the spectacular game-changing plays. And I say that without taking risks. 
you know, you don't want to be caught staring into the backfield, trying to light up a running back. You don't want to be, uh, again, allow a guy to get behind you defensively and, uh, you know, catch a long pass or anything like that. But at the same time, you need to position yourself to where and read your keys and be prepared. And how many times have we heard guys say that uh, when they've had a big interception or something, that this was something the coaches told us about to be on the lookout for, that this quarterback likes to do this, and they've taken advantage of it. And I think that's a position and a place where Josh Proctor can take his game this year is to making those game-turning plays in the third quarter, the fourth quarter, that put games away and, you know, really uh, put put the death blow on an opponent. So I'm, uh, I'm interested to see, uh, again, uh, what that looks like when we get into the season, particularly when Minnesota, Oregon start trying to attack the secondary. Is uh, Proctor going to fight back and, and say, no, 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 not today, guys, you know, three and out. So that's what's going to be important for this defense. We talked about the importance of run defense uh, for the linebackers. I think for the, for the secondary – it's, it's finishing with more three and outs. You cannot give up uh, first down after first down, let them dink and dunk you down the field. You have got to find a way to get off the field, curtail drives, and get your offense back on the field in good field position. That's what's, you know, people think about this game, and one really leads to the other. If you, uh, you know, kick off and, and have them start from their own 25, and, and maybe they get one first down, but then they have to punt and you take over on your own 30 or 40. That's a tremendous difference than uh, if you start inside your own 20 after a punt or something like that. So to my way of thinking, I'm, I'm interested to see if Ohio State can raise its level on pass defense as well this year. Last thing on the show, we're going to talk some specialists, some kickers and some punters. I had a couple of subscribers ask if we could talk about the kickers and punters. I thought today would be a great day to do it. Because in addition to getting Coach Day later today, like Ryan, like Steve said, your name's not Ryan Day, Steve. Your name's Steve Hellwagon. In addition to getting Ryan Day after practice at 1130 today, we're going to get the specialists. So we're going to get the kickers and the punters, and we're going to get special teams coach Parker Fleming. So let's talk about the kickers and the punters. I think at punter, I think Jesse Murko, the freshman from Australia, has that job locked down, it seems to me. I know he didn't look good in the spring. That was just a spring game. When we were out of practice, he looks good. Now, Kicker, I'm very interested in this, Steve. I don't think they bring Noah Ruggles in from North Carolina on scholarship, no less, unless they were a little concerned about Jake Seibert, or maybe concerns a strong word. They, you know, not sure about Jake Seibert. So they have two kickers on scholarship, Seibert and Ruggles. Again, they had Seibert here last year, and he, you know, when uh, uh, Habayel was uh, banged up, they uh, put Seibert in there. He actually had some, uh, a lot of uh, kicks last year for a true freshman, for a guy that they were just going to redshirt. So maybe they're just trying to, you know, be cautious here, but the fact that they brought in Noah Ruggles makes me believe this is a battle between Seibert and Ruggles. Maybe one will be the kickoff guy, one will be the field goal guy. Who knows? Uh, it seems like they're battling for that job. Your thoughts on the specialists? Well, I think competition anytime makes everybody better and forces Seibert to really drill down. And if he had some missed kicks last year, get to the root of that, and I'm sure his leg strength has probably improved a year older and everything else. And if he earns the job, then he's earned it. Ruggles is a veteran, has kicked previously, obviously, at North Carolina. So I'm interested. Again, uh, I, I, I think the best man will go. And maybe it's a case where you have one guy handling extra points and the, 
the the shorter field goals. Another guy is your long field goal specialist or whatever. We've seen teams approach it like that before. But again, uh, until they get into the season and until roles are kind of carved out, it'd be kind of premature to to say one way or the other how they're going to use them. I'm not even sure Ryan Day could tell you today or Parker Fleming perhaps might have a better idea of what each guy brings to the table. I think out of Cybert, they just wanted more consistency. And uh, I think that, uh, again, a year older, he should be able to give some of that to them. But uh, if Ruggles proves to be uh, the more consistent guy, the better kicker on average and in total, then he's the guy that should probably be out there. So I am, again, uh, I'll, I'll defer to Parker Fleming and Ryan Day. I'll say, you know, you got two really good ones and and uh, let, let the chips fall where they may on that. I mean, very interesting today, speaking with Ryan Day about a lot of different things and also speaking with Parker Fleming about his specialist. But can't wait to hear what Ryan Day says. I agree with you. I don't think he's going to name a starting quarterback today, but there's a chance. There's a chance. And I, when, he's, when I say there's a chance he's going to name a starter, I, I think the way he's going to do it is he'll say so-and-so is the leader. I we'll see. We'll see what happens today, but great stuff from Steve Hellwagon. Really appreciate it, Steve. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. We appreciate that very much as well. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's try the Buckeye swag. Best damn band in the land. CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.